0: From the vast abyss that is the holiday season with the season two premiere of Old Movies for Young Stoners. And we've got an amazing show for you. Our special guest, cannabis comic Ungayo Bielem, has chosen two movies for you that I think of as gateway drugs to classic cinema. And both of these selections are very tense and intense. And yes, Those words have different meanings, so you will want to heed our weed recommendations to take the edge off of these ones. First, a group of desperate men plot what looks like the perfect racetrack heist until shit goes sideways, as it always does, in The Killing, a startling 1956 film noir from a young Stanley Kubrick. And then we have even more desperate men looking for that elusive last score, only this time they've agreed to drive truckloads of nitro over treacherous Central American terrain where one little bump in the road can send them all sky high in Henri-Georges Clouseau's Wages of Fear from France in 1953.
1: And we are white-knuckling it all the way to the dispensary on Old Movies for Young Stoners. Old Movies for
2: Young Stoners.
0: We're back yet again, so before we introduce our special guest, let's get reacquainted with our team. She is an actor and voiceover artist. You can see her in Chippendale Rescue Rangers, now streaming on Disney+. She is Felina Franklin.
1: Hey!
0: And he is the co-founder of Six Point Harness Studios and the animation director of Tignataro Drawn, now streaming on HBO Max until David Zaslav burns it all down for the insurance money. Let's hear it for Greg Franklin. Hey, what's up, everyone?
1: And he is the author of The Murders That Made Us, A True Crime History of San Francisco, available wherever you buy books. He is Bob Calhoun.
0: Thanks, Felina. Corey Sklar is on assignment, but joining us today in our season opener. He is a cannabis comic and activist, and the weed expert on "Cooking on High" on Netflix. And he has his own podcast titled "Chopping It Up." He has emceed the International Cannabis Conference and judged the Emerald Cup. Plus, he once smoked me out at the Punchline in San Francisco. He is the dank diplomat Ungayo Belum. <laughs> Please, please remain seated. Please,
2: Please. (laughs) thank you. Yes, thank you so much.
0: Hey, man, thanks again for being on the show. Now, there's a lot going on with cannabis right now. Uh, Germany might legalize it, New York, uh, yeah. Oh, they're they've legalized it,
2: they've already decided they're just uh figuring out the how the why not the how the when
0: the when. Okay, with,
2: and in what form it's going to take, but they've already decided that that's freaking happening. I can't. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah. So, so in New York, no more hanging
2: out at the fucking train station trying to find, tell right. <laughs> me some, some weird weed.
0: You could pay uh, ninety dollars in New York now for a bunch of uh, shake like rolled into a bad joint with like stem sticking out of it. I'm hearing.
2: You, yeah, that sounds like New York
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah so so what do you see as the trends for weed in 2023
2: uh people are going to smoke more of it i think um i think the united states are still going to continue their piecemeal approach because the private prison industry is uh, very lucrative for some people and um Switzerland's probably four or five years away germany is about a year out i think i'll be at the international cannabis business conference in june in berlin and so i will know more after i get back from there um I don't think Spain is going to... Spain's got a really nice system in place right now, so I don't think they're going to do much to change anything about it. And um, hopefully America will get its shit together and uh, more and more states will legalize. It. We'll see. It's, it's a lot of propaganda and racism to overcome.
0: Even on the Democratic no, more, side. it's a rainy
2: day, so I'm not Mr. Sunshine and Light. <laughs> I'm on the weather.
3: weather. No, I was going to say, and Gayo, can we get a little... Um little glimpse of that that rig that you got uh, there is that like a little dab rig that you've been uh puffing on this pipe oh it's just a pipe no yeah. okay i'm
2: trying to think i mean we could use my pipe on my phone
3: yeah sure. <laughs> i do have
2: a little dab rig i totally forgot oh
3: yeah <laughs> as, a, as a as like an old school stoner do you uh prefer uh the old ways or, or what about, like, some of these, like, new weird contraptions? That the old are ways, going. like,
2: just setting a fire, throwing a bunch of weed on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> very ancient pagan ways of getting high. <laughs> you all stand around in a hut and take deep breaths. Yes, that's how I do <laughs> uh, I'm generally uh, pipes and and joints. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a couple of bongs. I have one bong that I, I use fairly often these days. But really, pipe, pipes... Pipes and joints are my favorite way to do it.
3: Um, Great.
2: These fancy dab rigs and all this. stuff. I remember when we didn't have dab rigs. We had to use two knives and a hot stove and a broken wine. Huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did that always felt like you were getting on your way to heroin, though.
2: Bro, uh, the first time I saw people doing dabs, I was like, are y'all doing drugs in here? I thought this was a weed party. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, when dabs first came out, when, when concentrates first started to be a thing, no one really had the equipment. There weren't rigs and all this stuff. Yeah. And one of my homies, who was becoming a dab head, went out and actually bought, like, a crack pipe, right? And he's like, this is this is actually the best way to do it. It's the perfect way to do it. We're like, yeah, bro, but the optics, cut that shit out right now. <laughs> Cut that shit out right now. We're not smoking weed (laughs) crack. I'm not Mr. Optics Police or or Tone Police or whatever, but come on, dog.
1: I'm always partial to a joint. I feel like it's just, it's easy, it's nice, you could do it out the window. It's It's scalable.
2: It doesn't break if you drop it. Exactly. Right? Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And boy, do I drop them.
0: (laughs) So so are there any uh, new strains out there without like, without like stomping on your weed recommendations for the movies? Are there any new strains out there that you're really liking these days?
2: Uh, Lately, I've been on, uh, I'm actually just about out of it. And it's very sad. I'm going to call those guys tomorrow. What's it called? White Thorn Rose from Huckleberry Hill Farms in Humboldt County, California. It uh, smells like uh, berries and dark chocolate with a hint of citrus. And it's got really, I know, right? It's super fantastic. (laughs) And it's got uh, a really nice flavor and a really nice, mellow, smooth uh, high. It's, uh, that's, that's what I've been on lately. And I've been smoking this kind of runts variant from my boy Four Thumbs. Uh, that's also good. But I don't think that one's on the regulated market. That's in the traditional.
0: So what's your like earliest memory of getting high and watching weird movies?
2: The 80s, uh, the Pierce Street Party Palace. Shout out, Doug. Shout out, Barry. Shout out, Lampy. Uh, shout out Fast Mike <laughs> shout out Pete, shout out Fuzzy Glenn Havlin, Glenn Jose Havlin shout out all the homies from college that's where we used to all hang out and smoke weed and watch VHS tapes I worked at uh, at a video store it was actually called The Video Store on the uh, on Visadero between uh, Hate and Page uh, in my teens and so I had access to all the movies so we would watch anything and everything we wanted and I've always been a movie fan so
0: yeah, I mean, I used to drive up to LaVideo from Redwood City. I mean, that was like if yep. you were into movies and you wanted uh, a movie like Wages of Fear, which we're watching later today, or The Killing, even like your local blockbuster wasn't. Well, you were shit out of well, luck there. You well, had to drive all the way, yeah. all the way out there yeah. to San Francisco to get come that out stuff. to us for
2: ancient and vintage films and all the gay porn you could want. <laughs>
0: Now, is that this?
3: There was a Levideo that I remember that was kind of like on, um, Irving. it wasn't on Divisidera Irving, yeah, yeah, right? It was the one that was like, I'm trying to remember because it's been, you know, there was years a, I think I lived, there was but... a Le
2: video on hate. I worked at the video room, which is what it was called. It's all okay, got it. Day, but got it, but it's video room on, on on Divisidera right next to Bus Stop Pizza, and then, um, oh, yeah, I knew marking them from Levideo, but <laughs> they were.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> sorry, okay. I, I misheard you there. I was—I heard the video and not it's the because video. You want and... everything
2: to be fancy and French,
0: Bob? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's. <laughs> F- Felina's cursing me for this, but I keep telling her, "Wages of Fear." It was your choice. <laughs> you,
2: you... Listen, we can talk about it because I have some things to say. When, when you're worry for it, I have some things to, to say.
1: We'll we'll right. talk. We'll talk. Oh, we're definitely we're, oh, we're going to talk. talk. Oh
2: yeah! no 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 no. no. You got it.
1: Um, do you have any, like, do you think there's any trends? Like, do you think, like, flour is going to be more popular? Do you think concentrates will be more? Like, flour
2: will never not be the most popular way. Um, edibles are are making a huge uh, push. Everybody likes edibles because not everybody likes to smoke weed. Um, but they do like to be high. You know, you can you can take an edible and sit through that whole three-hour concert in Iowa. And be high hell the whole time. <laughs> as long as you time it right. Um, and, you know, people get upset if you smoke a joint in the casino. So vapes and, uh, and, and edibles and, and all that stuff are cool. But I think flowers are the way. The problem that I think the thing that we need to push against or to be mindful of is it seems like authorities and regulators want to push it toward the cigarette model where you, like, just go to the 7-Eleven, buy a pack of cigarettes. And that's cool, but... All that weed is going to taste like commercial pressure and bullshit. Uh, yeah. So we we really want to push it more toward like microbreweries or fancy wine, bars, cigar stores, bars, social clubs, things like that. And I think that's the thing that we need to really be cognizant of and make a push toward. So we'll see.
0: You said uh, on Twitter recently, you tweeted that the menu is the best film of 2022. So what we... No, it was 1A. 1A. Okay, 1A and 1B is everything... Every, everything everywhere all at once right yeah. correct well
2: okay yeah, you can put them top to one or two two or one it's it's hard to mm-hmm. decide it's like deciding between Ella Fitzgerald and Nat King Cole
0: right so what weed would you smoke with the menu
2: oh I would smoke a variety I would smoke a different one uh of <laughs> course
0: a tasting menu of weed
2: a tasting menu most definitely most definitely that would, that would be the way to do it
0: and everything everywhere
2: uh, listen, my go-to movie weed is Blue Dream, and I'm not the only person who says this. I've talked to a bunch of people about it, but it's the it's one of the best ones. At least a good Blue Dream is one of the best ones because you're not mm. too up. You're not too sleepy. You can just really sit there and enjoy it and still talk about it and get into it. So Blue Dream is like, that's just the go-to. If you don't know what to smoke with a movie, smoke Blue Dream.
1: Give or take a few thousand... I figured the loot on this deal at $2 million. You like money. You got a great big dollar sign there where most women have a heart. So play it smart. Stay in character, and you'll have money. Plenty of it, George will
0: have it. He'll blow it all on you.
2: Johnny, I'm no good for anybody else. I'm not pretty and I'm
1: not very smart, so please don't leave me alone anymore.
2: makes you think or know that you're going to have
3: several hundred thousand dollars? Because I do. I just can't talk about it, that's all. Not even to me, your little share. I shouldn't have even mentioned I was going to have it. It's not that I'm lying. I know I can trust you. But if these other guys these
2: ever... The other guys? I can't talk about it, Cherry. You've been talking. Now huh? you spilled to her. Oh, I didn't ask. What do you think? I'm crazy? I wouldn't jerk, you clown! Come on, clown. Sing us a chorus from Pagliaggi. Hey, where's the jerk? Where's
1: George? <laughs>
0: In 1956, news photographer turned indie filmmaker Stanley Kubrick got his first chance to play in a Hollywood sandbox, and he foreshadowed his future promise with a film noir like no other. Sure, the plot of over-the-hill ex-cons coming together for one last big score had been done before, and maybe even a little better in Rafifi or the Asphalt Jungle, but Kubrick makes his heist flick a gateway drug to classic cinema with overlapping timelines, a camera that appears to move through walls and even furniture, and explosive violence that is still shocking today. Helping Kubrick out is a film noir who's who, with Sterling Hayden plotting the racetrack heist, Timothy Carey, a.k.a. God Hilliard, as a deranged hitman, Elijah Cook Jr. at his sniveling best, and Marie Windsor vamping it up as she plots to take all the money. All this, plus a stick-up man in a creepy clown mask and a hairy pro wrestler airplane-spinning cops. What more could you ask for? With a screenplay by hard-boiled legend Jim Thompson from 1956, this is The Killing. Dun-dun-dun! (laughs) <laughs> uh, Unkayo, uh, this is your movie uh, what makes the killing a good movie to get high to the mood the
2: vibe I had never seen it before Before um, um, I'm a big fan of heist films and I was asking all my homies what heist films should I watch and, and more than one of them said the killing and I was like brr and they are like bro and so uh, I finally you guys asked me to be on the show and I was like alright let's do the killer I never got a chance to see it the lighting the camera work the, the acting The beauty of it and, you know, I'm a fan of like the 50s, the 50s kind of style of movies where people look like actual people. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not like the 80s where if they want an ugly girl, they put glasses on Daryl Hannah. Like, people people look like actual people. You believe that these cats were all kind of desperate. These cats all really, this was probably their last chance. And I loved all the accents and some of the weird, um, like, character choices for voicing and things like that. It was just good. It was a good lesson in acting and filmmaking and camera thinging and how fucked up the Hays Code was. I can't, I won't give away the ending. I'll just say the Hays Code is fucked up.
0: Well, Lena, uh, was, this was your first time seeing it, correct?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, so thoughts on the killing?
1: I loved it. I had so much fun. I uh, <laughs> I was very shocked when I saw God Hilliard show up again on the screen.
2: <laughs> um, that guy gets work. You should see his pool. Sorry? <laughs> I said, you should see the pool at his house, man.
1: He stays busy. Oh man, dude, what a fun movie. I loved it. I like, I got high and I didn't get distracted, which is a problem for me. Um, whenever I'm high, I'm like, what else is going on? Um, but (laughs) I was fully engrossed in the movie and I was having just, such a good time i i loved the journey and uh that damn dog is all i'll say that's all i'll say is that damn dog i love it it.
0: (laughs) you know the dog is trouble without giving away too much you know once you see the dog you know that dog is trouble for sure. Timothy Carey makes his second appearance on Old Movies for Young Stoners because we did his his passion project, The World's Greatest Sinner, in our Elvis episode. Because the last thing we wanted to do was two Elvis movies, so we did an <laughs> anti-Elvis movie. Uh, the thing about the killing that's interesting is everybody in the movie, as N'Gaio said, everybody looks like real people, and a lot of them... Yeah were like associates of Kubrick's from New York. They were just, Kubrick starts his career. He's from the Bronx. He's a child photography prodigy or a teenage prodigy. And he works at Look Magazine and he wins awards at Look Magazine. Kind of like one of these guys like Gordon Parks. Really, who later directed Shaft, another one of these guys that comes from uh still news photography and becomes an awesome director. So a lot of the people in it, like the wrestler, Cola Quariani, he's uh he was a chess master or a, a ranked chess player and wrestler, and Kubrick recreates this place in New York in I'm the showing.
2: Ranked chess master and wrestler. Yes. That's pretty well rounded. Yeah, on.
0: pretty well, very, you know, intelligent guy uh, when you can understand him as an English speaking person. But that adds to his yeah. charm that <laughs> yeah. he's very, very hard to understand. It there's, adds the to thing, the...
2: there's a new thing called, well, not new, it's been out for a couple years now, but chess boxing. Like Linus Lewis has been promoting that where you play, you play like two, three minutes of chess. Then you box for a round and then you play two or three minutes of chess and you box oh. for a round. And you play two, three minutes of chess and then they judge, you know, who won the fight, who won the chess match, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Some of it's kind of brutal because some of those chess guys really can't fight.
0: <laughs> yeah. Imagine sitting at a table, just moving these little wooden or or yeah. you know plastic pieces around, and not really getting you in shape for hand to hand combat.
2: Sure, but <laughs> that's the point. You have to find time to balance the whole thing, right? So it's mind and body. I mean, really, they should do something to incorporate mind, body, and spirit. They should have like a prey off I can't. You can't really do that,
0: right?
2: but you know. Like a Zen competition or whatever. So then, you competitive,
3: do right competitive praying, I think would be. Is that's that? Where's Dana?
0: Get Dana White on the phone, or,
2: or don't, or don't get Dana White on the phone. How about that? How about we find somebody else to do
0: it? That's a scam <laughs> waiting to happen. I, I'm, I'll, I'm there. I'm there for yeah. competitive praying. Now <laughs> will wear my linen suit.
2: They can show it later at night on the golf channel for people who really can't sleep.
0: you know like it'll be like early UFC where there'll be like he's a Buddhist monk up against a Catholic priest (laughs) oh no
2: (laughs) (laughs) right the Buddhist monk employing a bend but don't break system of defense Yes. (laughs)
0: yeah. Yes. <laughs> back to the cast of the killing like the joe piano guy is some some mm-hmm. character kubrick knew from new york uh joe turkle is kind of part of a um a stock company for kubrick because he turns up as the bartender in the shining he's in the killing um, ah. you know but even the guys like you know elijah cook jr is just one of those guys you know from great. malty's falcon on just so great You know, uh, and Sterling Hayden, I mean, he's just this wharf rat guy that he was like blonde and tall and good looking. And somebody saw a picture of him in the paper in Boston and, oh, you should go to Hollywood. And he starts getting roles in Westerns and, and war movies and things. And he's this hard guy in a lot of ways. He just wanted to make enough money to buy a boat. And that was his whole motivation for acting. And he'd been through the ringer with the House on American Activities Committee, angry at Ronald Reagan all the time and, and everything. So he he's an actor, he's a Hollywood guy, but not really. So he fits right in there with this cast. This cast he's the is Danny a-
2: Trejo of nineteen fifty six.
0: Yeah. Norwegian, Swedish Danny Trejo, yeah. yeah that's
2: right. Danny Trejorvason.
0: <laughs> back when back when Swedes were ethnic in this country.
2: <laughs> it's true. Listen, I, you know sidebar uh Every once in a while, on the social media, somebody will post some shit like, "How come we don't have a White History Month?" And I'm always like, "Well, you can have Swedish History Week or German things." It's it's funny because the you know you cats always want to gang up. That's that whole white thing. It's not you're not really proud of your German heritage or your Swiss heritage or your French heritage. You're like, "Oh yeah, all the, all the paler people." We're just gonna gang up against everybody else. And yes. so it's a it's a thing, right? Because Armenians uh, had to sue to be white. In America, look it up. <laughs> look it up. Learn something new every day.
0: So, Greg, thoughts on the killing? Let's get you in here.
3: Oh, well, you know, I, I, this is an old favorite of mine. I love the killing. It's, uh, it was really great to watch it again, and and because it's a little bit more limited availability streaming, I invited Felina over for movie night, and so we watched it together, and so I do have an opportunity to kind of rewatch an old favorite but also kind of watch felina watch the movie for the first time and i mean it was it was just great in a movie full of like disturbing things it's the casual racism that gets gen z more than anything else to just like oh
2: no. i don't even think the racism in the killing was casual though like that racism was no or a you're specific right. was overt so I, I understood it. I understood it. I was like, well, you got to do something at this point for this thing to happen. I'm trying not to spoil it. So the racism was kind of like the right thing to do at that point, which is a weird thing to say.
3: He had to burn that bridge. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a story that's been told before, but in Gaia, we watched, uh, it, when Felina was in high school, she wanted to watch the entire AFI Top 100. Oh, boy. And so she's like, <laughs> what, do, what do we have? And so I found Bringing Up Baby. She's like this movie sucks. It's terrible. I want to watch Taxi Driver and she's like 13 at the time. And so I was like, "Okay, so we'll watch this Taxi Driver movie and that movie is full as you know of like of 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 atrocities." But it was the it was the racism that got her, you know, that was like the jaw drop. Moment, and it gives me hope for this the next generation. You know, like that. <laughs> that's the thing. Any any time uh, that happens, Felina. But but I'll I'll have to say the jaw her jaw dropped the most at that wonderful shot at the end. Oh, hey, Greg, Greg, stop it! Stop
0: it.
1: Spoilers.
0: Stop it's the exploding okay (laughs) these are two movies where i really have to stop greg from going into detail about who lives and who dies
3: this is a movie where you can almost say the whole movie builds up to that one shot and the shot is a long shot and her jaw stayed open the entire time that it takes it's like kubrick is just just a genius yeah
2: (laughs) i gotta say you know um I was expecting a couple twists, but there was a couple twists where I'm like, oh, oh, ooh, right? And, you know, it's an older movie, so you, you watch a lot of movies, you've seen almost all the twists. You're like, oh, yeah, this is what's going to happen, or this is going to happen. And I was like, oh, oh, my God, ooh, wow. Yeah. Right? So it's mm-hmm. it's uh, if you like shit like Reservoir Dogs or things like that, the killing is definitely for you.
0: Uh, do you think it is like a gateway drug? two classic movies. It was for me when I first saw it in the nineties. Um, I think it was for Greg, you know, there's just some movies that are, you know, like we showed detour earlier. A lot of them are noirs. I think a lot of screwball comedies can also be gateway drugs that they just like, if you're not somebody who watches old movies, they're going to really make you just think that there, there is, you know, gold in them. There are Hills when you watch these things and start giving movies from before 1980, a chance.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. Especially if you like a heist and, and that sort of tension, then then this is the thing. Like I said, if you like Reservoir Dogs, if you like uh, uh, maybe not Ocean's Eleven, but um, Lucky Seven from Soderbergh. Yeah. Is
0: it Lucky yeah, yeah. Seven. No. Lucky Logan. Like
2: said, Lucky Logan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things like that. Then this is this is definitely up your alley for sure.
3: You know one one thing that might be a little bit of a deal breaker for a, 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 a neophyte is that kind of third person narration that pops up, which is very, oh. very, you know, it's not in it a lot, but it, it, it's, it gives you a Dragnet vibe, you know, like kind of a corny.
2: I loved it for that Dragnet vibe. I love it. <laughs> I loved it. Right? I mean, they could have put up like a little, you know, back in the day, or now they'll just put up a graphic, you know, 10-15 Thursday morning or whatever. Yeah, or yeah. Or rewind yeah. and boom, 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 see what's going on or whatever, right? But I just, I just, like the, the person, I don't even know who did the voice, but they gave it such good, you know, uh, this time, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, was, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the voiceover parts. I was like, nice, it's, it's very Drag Daddy, and it's a little corny, but it actually fits, <laughs> it fits the vibe. I
1: agree. I, I love the, the, I feel like the narration was like my favorite part. I love, (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile,
2: (laughs) Aquaman and Superman.
0: (laughs) I'm one of the only people that I like the uh, versions of Blade Runner that have the noir type narration. That have the the Harrison Ford voiceover. A lot of sci fi nerds don't like it. I think because there's a certain kind of sci fi nerd that doesn't like to be reminded of other genres. They just want to stay in their sci fi, fantasy, superhero world. But well, I that's think- a
3: but that's first person narration. That's first person narration, and it's a character telling you their 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 take on where they're at in the story. The third person narration is very different. It's very different. It's very much like you see the artifice of of what you're watching you know it's almost like a uh, the director telling you, you know, like I'm not going to bother with backstory. Just here's this guy, and he's like this, and this is what's going on.
0: I think in the killing, yeah, it's obviously added on to explain the movie to 50s yeah. people that wouldn't get all <laughs> the overlapping timelines and shit that Kubrick is doing. Like that's right. that comes from United Artists, and that's like we need a way to make it's the the executives weren't getting it. You know, they weren't understanding it. The distributors weren't understanding it. But I think in this movie, it subverts that dragnet paradigm because you have this very subversive film with the very uh, Jack Webb, very, very, you know, pro police kind of voiceover that you have in all Mm -hmm. these other films of the time. Like the FBI was on the case, you know, but it's like, no. No, the FBI wasn't on a- all the cops are corrupt. <laughs> Every cop you see is just totally yeah. in on it and corrupt right. and
3: terrible. Or incompetent. Because the bad guys run right by them
0: and they're like, Oh look.
2: The cautionary tale of white privilege.
0: They're too yes. busy beating on the chess master. You know, the chess master's <laughs> you know, fucking right. it up in the bar, you know, throwing people <sighs> around. Oh, God. I love that guy. Is he the same wrestler that
3: was in The Night in the City?
0: No, that's a different guy. They're, they're all guys I've talked to Gene LaBelle about back in the day. You know, so he's <laughs> sitting at Gene's house. Right. What about Stanislav? Is Stanislav something or rather uh, another uh-huh. Stanislavs guy? Okay. Um, but, yeah, you
2: know. He also invented modern method acting.
0: <laughs> oh no,
2: that's My bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, we would both still be in wrestling today, Greg, if like if hairy fat guys were the norm. I mean, there was just a lot uh, of hairy yeah, fat exactly. guys in wrestling back then. We would have never left. Exactly. <laughs> Lift weights, take steroids. Fuck that. I'll find, <laughs> no, I'll finish just my college degree.
2: Definitely her suit.
3: Yes, God, that's that's really crazy because they're like almost doppelgangers. It's almost like the guy from Night in the City, Stanislav, and this guy from The Killing made love and birthed George the Animal Steel.
0: Yeah, you know. Tor Johnson. Uh, not as hairy, though. I hear Tor wasn't hairy, but Tor. He shaved. He shaved. <laughs> Play a yeah, he waxed. <laughs> you got to see that that beautiful physique. You don't need hair in the way of it. Okay, uh, yeah. and and I do want to go back to... The, uh, the, the scene with the racism that shocked uh, Felina, because I should mention James Edwards, who was a an African-American actor kind of competing with uh, Sidney Poitier for some of the roles to, uh, for African-Americans back then. And he really like takes over, even with Timothy Carey there, he holds his own with Timothy Carey. Like for that two minutes he's on screen, he really draws you in. And just just an amazing performance for the two minutes he's allowed. He wouldn't, unlike Sterling Hayden, he wouldn't testify before HUAC or the FBI. So that led him to just having these two-minute roles. Wow. Uh, because true... Truman desegregated the army, though. That gave him a lot of roles. He's in a lot of Korean War movies and World War II movies. He's in Sam Fuller's The Steel Helmet. He's in Pork Chop Hill. And he, I mean, he had a TV career. He died very early. He died in his 40s in the early 70s, which is which is sad. But uh amazing actor, and probably was in the running to get some of those parts that Sydney later got. Also. Like Confidential Magazine and the Scandal Sheets, he 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 dated white ladies. He dated white women. There was a rumor he was having an affair with Lana Turner, which you go both of Who them. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? And, and, you know, he's a good-looking man, too. Who wouldn't have an affair oh. with him?
2: Dog, if Lana Turner tried to give it to you, you would take it.
0: Oh, God, <laughs> yes. Even, like, 50-year-old Lana Turner.
2: 70-year-old oh, yeah. Lana Turner. Make it to her 70s? I don't know.
0: Yeah,
3: Lana yeah. Turner. Now let's just get a shovel. Wow. Can, yes, <laughs>
2: your daughter's here. I know. I'm
3: sorry, but look, I could see she was on her phone. So yeah. You know.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Felina, f- Felina's looking at TikTok. Time to say some sexist shit. <laughs> Not even sexist. I was. Necrophilia. Just, yeah. was just gross. Just, <laughs> just, just gross. Just awful. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Felina, there is no TikTok report for the killing.
1: I actually, I lied. I was looking at it just now when my dad did catch me looking at my phone. I was looking at TikTok <laughs> to see if I could find any. And I actually did find two. One, from a verified creator. Oh, um, she is a makeup YouTuber or a makeup uh, TikToker. She talks about the old mascara and how uh, the character who is the (laughs) the man's like wife who hates him, (laughs) Marie Windsor, Bree Windsor, oh Marie Windsor,
0: Marie Windsor, yeah,
1: Yeah. People weren't
2: named Bree back in (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: nineteen.
2: That name hadn't been invented yet. Like the cheese.
0: <laughs> yeah. If Barbara Stanwyck was the queen of A-noirs, Marie Windsor was the queen of B-noirs, so. <laughs> she, she's amazing.
1: Yeah, she was so good. I loved her. She actually, like, kind of shows how to use the mascara and how you, like, lick the mascara and then you, like, wipe it on this, like, charcoal and then use it. Very interesting. Yeah, and then she credits. She says the film is called "The Killing"
3: because those proving, those eyelashes
2: kill it.
1: Yeah, the because <laughs> the eyelashes are killer.
2: Slay queen.
1: <laughs> 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 proving women used to spit into their mascara. I'm trying to see if I can find any good comments. Why didn't they just use water? Yeah, the way she just casually spits mid sentence. Women after a, after my own heart. Okay. She's cool. water
2: hadn't
1: been
0: invented yet. You saw that apartment they're living in. The water out of the tap is going to be way dirtier than her spit. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, really?
1: It's gross.
0: Yeah. She's purifying her spit with vodka.
1: Okay, I found another one, but this is just not verified at all. This video has one like. It's a boy talking to the camera and saying his review of the killing. Basically, he's like, I liked it, and that's why it has one like um
2: it's that sort of cogent in-depth critique
1: yeah that
2: really makes tiktok <laughs> the best app for nuanced discussion
1: but he did he said that the narration was a tad overused
2: that's why he's only got one like
1: that's why he's only got one like because he's, <laughs> he's wrong
2: he's wrong he's wrong and bad yeah <laughs> and he should feel bad i'm kidding dude I'm totally kidding. I know you already. You only got one like. You probably feel horrible, and now I'm piling on. That's my apology. <laughs> I, you can really try to uplift people and be more positive. I don't know what happened. I've only had a little bit of coffee and some old people day. I probably need It's more.
1: a rainy day. It's a rainy it day.
2: It's a rainy, gloomy day. I, I'm nervous about the Niners game. There's a lot going on.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, Weed recommendations. Let's uh, start with you and Gaio.
2: I feel like you want something kind of... Uh, If you can find Acapulco gold, maybe something kind of old school to take you back, but to put you in a nice vibe, an OG Kush would be good with it. I also think I'm trying to think of of what's always available in the stores, like, because I don't want to, you know, give somebody some esoteric. I feel like a mix of ancient Thailand race cross with a Nigerian (laughs) living fuel would be the best. (laughs) Actually, it wouldn't, though. That's crazy sativa. You wouldn't even be able to watch if you putting your shit in piles and trying to clean your house and avoiding a panic attack and looking for the CBD. So hybrids, hybrids are always nice. And this film isn't too long, right? So you could even probably get yeah. a coffee and an indica and power through. So I, I would say smoke whatever um, your nicest, chillest weed is. But not the shit that makes you
1: sleepy.
0: Uh, Felina.
1: Um, well, I can tell you that I did smoke. I smoked cheetah pit. Oh wait, no, I didn't smoke that. Sorry, that was the other one. Oh, Don't smoke
0: cat you can't piss and watch a
2: movie. <laughs> really that shit gets me going
0: mm.
1: really oh okay oh maybe that's why okay we'll talk about that later that because i yeah. spoke that with wages of fear um oh Dad, my what God. He, you watched
2: you spoke <laughs> to steve and watch wages of fear
1: yeah <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> What did you put in the in the puffco that we smoked when I came over? King Tut. King Tut. We smoked
3: King Tut with the uh which is a uh, sativa and uh I you know I have they do give you you know some of the data here uh it was 85% THC. Jesus. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. And and I, I, I like a lively mind for certain movies, especially like kind of paranoid film noir movies. I, I, I you know, that works for me. And uh yeah, that's what Felina and I had. King Tut. King Tut.
2: Funky tut.
0: I, I went back uh, to an old standard, which is uh, Alien OG, which I wish I could tell you more about, but I don't have the jar in front of me, but it's an indica-dominant hybrid. But it kind of feels more like a sativa in ways, which is why I like it, but it's like a weird... It does kind of both things that that both kinds of weed do well. And I like that kind of
2: weed where, like, I could get up and be productive, or I couldn't. Either way, it'll be fine. Whatever happens, I'm good. Right? If we just sit here for another hour and a half, that's cool. If we get up and do some shit, that's cool, too. I'm in the zone. Whatever we need. Whatever we need.
3: It's going it's to keep you in the chair, but you think that you could do things.
2: Right. <laughs> right. But you can't. You can't.
0: Yeah. You just don't. <laughs> it drew me into the movie, and I'm thinking yeah. throughout watching the movie, I'm not that high. I'm not really that high, but I'm like really focused on the movie. And then Uh I turn it to the weather report afterwards because there's been a lot of rain and flooding. And so I'm watching the KTVU mornings on two at Five in the morning weather report. And there you have these arrows to show the wind. And I am tripping hard on these <laughs> goddamn arrows on this on the screen behind the weatherman. And I'm like zeroing in on them, but I'm like, holy shit, I was really high through this whole movie.
2: I was high the whole time. <laughs>
0: the power was within you all along.
2: That's the beauty of canvas though. It helps you microfocus on shit you really
0: like. The Killing is now streaming for free with ads on Pluto and for free with a library card on Canopy in certain markets. If you're like me and you can't find it on Canopy with your San Francisco library account and you can't deal with the paint ads on Pluto, Kino Lorber has put out a 4K ultra high def disc that I'm hearing great things about and Criterion's Blu-ray release from 2011 is still available, and that version also includes Kubrick's previous film, Killer's Kiss, a zero-budget crime movie with way too many fucked-up mannequins in it that we hope to feature <laughs> on this podcast soon. So, The Killing, uh... smoke it if you've got it. It's great. Stop! Stop! Ah! <laughs> You're probably on your way to becoming an old movie weirdo if you go reaching for our next film, but it can be a gateway drug to French cinema. Three years before Kubrick gave us the killing, director Henri-Georges Clouseau profiled another band of down-and-out dudes risking their necks for one big payday in this masterpiece that brought him international acclaim. Far from the American strivers of Kubrick's film, Clouzot's band of Eurotrash expats are so broke that they can't afford a pack of smokes between them as they bum around the pestilent Central American town that they will do anything to get out of. So when the oppressive American Southern Oil Company offers them 2,000 bucks a piece to drive truckloads of nitroglycerin across a desolate landscape, they all jump at the chance. Once the rickety trucks get rolling, each bump or turn in the road becomes a menace and Clouseau layers on so much suspense that Alfred Hitchcock considered him a rival. Originally cut down by as much as 50 minutes during its original American release to dampen its scalding criticism of American petrocapitalism, this is The Wages of Fear. Um, I take it from talking about this movie with everybody that, <laughs> sorry, um, you know, talking about this movie with everybody, I think Ngaio and I are the only ones who've seen it before. So, uh, Felina, uh, I'm bracing for this. Uh, how wait, wait, you feel-
2: wait, let me just say. Let me just say, in my defense, before it starts, (laughs) I had only seen maybe the last hour. So what happened, I used to live in a warehouse in downtown L.A., and I came home super late at night one time, and my roommates were watching it, and they were already in the middle of it. So I sat down, and I saw, like, the last hour or so, where I was like, oh, my God, this is great. So you asked me to do the podcast, and I'm like, well, let's do Wages of Fear. Okay, so I sit down to watch it for real this time, and... Wow. The racism and the sexism are a lot. It's a lot. So you can skip the first hour if you really need to, because it might be heavy for some people, <laughs> but that last hour is fucking fantastic. It's fantastic. And the movie's two and a half hours long, which I also didn't realize when I recommended it. And, 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 uh, and you know, the first hour of that two and a half hours is racism and sexism. So... My bad on that young generation, <laughs> but it's also a historical document, so you can know how shit was back in the day. And in some ways, it could be well. I'm not king shaming, but some of it could be an interesting thing. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but I had to get that off my chest right away.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're all we're all talking over Fulina now. I'm sorry about this, but if you can misogyny
1: watch- once again, misogyny, just.
0: okay if you can watch three hours of navi with subtitles to learn that american oil companies are bad you could watch the fucking wages of fear that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) it's a half hour shorter (laughs) because there's here 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 the racism and sexism's off the charts, but there is that oil company, like the the oppressive oil company, the American oil company, is the big bad yeah. in this movie. Is so you take out all that, you don't really get the sense that the oil company is this terrible fucking thing causing misery. But okay, Felena, sorry, we're I'm uh, done oppressing now.
1: <laughs> you're finished you you finally finished oppressing. Me. Okay. <laughs> Kidding. um okay no i really liked i no i didn't sorry i liked the second half of this movie i really liked the second half of this movie the first hour for sure i was like what the fuck i was like i have a bone to pick with everyone <laughs> absolutely everyone fair. the girl okay i felt the i i felt so bad for her i felt so bad for this, like, little furry girl who was, like, a dog. She literally, the yeah. first the first thing that yeah. she does is go- crawl on her hands and knees up to this man. And pets, she's getting pet by him. And so <laughs> it's like, all right, slay queen, I guess. That's hot
2: if it's consensual.
1: Yes, exactly. Good for... Good for them, uh, but also not good for them because he slaps her, and also just, well, also poor, just poor girl. She she did not deserve no. anything that has ever no. happened to her.
2: I, I felt so bad. I'd never seen the first half before, so I had no idea. I thought... You know, they're just going to get in the trucks and dr- drive the natural glycerin. It's going to be like green room, like just fucking get into it. Boom, 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 create the tension.
0: And that's that's Vera Clouzot. That is uh, Henri Georges Clouzot's wife, the director's wife. That how long he did is they portrayed... stay married? She's she's uh, she's with him through the next movie, which is uh, Le Diabolique. Diabolique, mm-hmm. uh, which was yeah. his kind of really Hitchcockian yeah. masterpiece, or or Hitchcock's Vertigo, I love his, that his Cluzonian yeah. Cluzonian masterpiece. Uh, but yeah, that was his hit. That's really the one. The, that one-two punch of Wages and and Diabolique uh, makes uh, made Hitchcock kind of worry about what was going on in France. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, just so you know, Felina, that yeah. is that would be like Greg making your mom crawl around on all fours on film and get slapped by oh French God. singing stars and everything else. Yeah.
1: I don't want to think about that. <laughs> yeah, don't film it. I mean, unless you, you know,
2: for your mini-vids or your OnlyFans or whatever, then that's different. Oh, yeah.
1: Different. Oh, my God. No, please don't have an OnlyFans. Please
2: mine is all mexican desserts it's an only (laughs) flans.
1: stupid that was funny
0: because i'm an asshole i'm gonna defend the first half a bit yeah no because i think like it really maybe it's a little too long maybe maybe it doesn't need to be as long as it is but it sets the table for what causes this desperation And, and yeah it does and I love I love the part where uh Charles Vanel, the other French guy Mr. Joe Monsieur Joe he gets off the plane and he's got that weird that weird uh kind of hairy thing that he brushes the flies off with and yeah, him stepping yeah. to, it's like the the evil version of the Beatles getting off a plane back then it's like <laughs> you just he just gets he just yeah. once he shows up from the plane like onto that staircase you know this guy is just is just a fucking asshole and also Luigi, the the character of Luigi and that whole that whole uh, kind of dance off almost between Luigi yeah. and Mr. Joe, <laughs> and where where Mr. Yeah. Joe re-anks the cord out of the radio. Everybody's dancing, everybody's partying because because uh, Yves Montand has treated treated uh, Vera Clouseau like such shit throughout the movie. She starts dancing with Fat Dumpy Luigi, and he's not a bad dancer. That part is just amazing. And then they start you know they start singing the music and they continue on and then yeah, guns are pulled yeah. and people get slapped and like that stuff yeah. is just amazing and I I, you know it, it becomes a good suspense film the last 90 minutes of it it's if you could you can and that's what the united states did is we cut it out but they also like i said cut out all the anti-oil company anti-petro capitalism oh. stuff that's in it and some of the gay stuff like the one character that hangs himself the kind of effeminate uh-huh. f- effeminate uh european boy who hangs himself um in the movie he uh you know there is some some subtle homosexuality even between Eve's Montand and uh, Charles Vanel, Mister Joe, and is the main it? character. That like once once the French guy shows up, Eve's Montand can't wait to dump poor Vera. You know, yeah. to grovels at him. Right. You know, he's just him and this dumpy, weird, satanic French guy are just buds. After that, I, I think the <laughs> psychosexual and political <laughs> and social, um, at, you know, aspects of the film are all laid out in that that first. If you first look
2: album. at it as like a capsule of the time, you know what I mean, like capturing the vibe of what was actually going on in situations like that. It's fairly accurate, I would say. The desperation, the dust, the sweat,
0: and all the four corners of the world of the co- co- still a largely colonized countries—they have all this Euro trash in it because the war happened, and Europe is Europe is shit. And unless you were moving to the United States or Canada, you were ending up in South America or Asia or Africa, and you were—it was just all this Euro trash. Or
2: if you were German, Argentina.
0: Yeah, well, there is a German character in this—the uh, Peter Van Eck character he yeah I, he mentions he's he also kind of like he's not into women so he's probably gay like there's that goes on because luigi's right. like why, why don't you like the girls you know when they're driving on these the long trip the road trip part of the movie that doesn't really right. um you know you know that that guy's seen some shit and he's done some shit where
2: yeah so things happened he's got, he's got a backstory
0: absolutely yeah we don't need to know it we don't want to know enjoyed it.
2: that uh all the different languages being spoken in the film—there's Spanish, there's French, there's German, there's this, there's that, there's English. Like it, it gave a, a, the vibe of you know uh, people coming together in this like Tatooine or whatever.
0: You know what I mean, <laughs> right? The, yeah, cantina. the cantina.
2: It was definitely you. Well, you can see where George Lucas got that kind of vibe. All those, all those Star Wars movies are like B school or not B school, but um, you know what I'm saying—like serial films. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of like Westerns in the cantina and uh, there's a cantina in Wages yeah. of Fear. That's where they hang out. And they are aliens in the truest sense, in the traditional sense. All those Euro trash. They are uh-huh. aliens. Uh, Greg, was this your first time seeing it?
3: My first time seeing it, um, leaving apart the, you know, the uh, the problematic first half of the film. I thought the second half of the film, I loved every obstacle I was gripping my chair. I loved the fucking scene at the oil. Oh my God. What a fucking scene that was. Like, I've never seen anything like that. That oil scene. I've never seen anything like that since. It's just an incredibly original. Like, the guy's got to dive under the oil to tie the axle, the, the rope to the axle. And it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, it's just such a. a a, a great depiction of of bravery it's you real. know and of desperation it feels so real and runs over his leg and all that shit i fucking loved it i loved the characters the whole first half like un- unpleasant too slow but all the characters were all so real talk about real like they were fucking really real even just the extras uh, it was just such a, a an amazing um, cross section of humanity that has been collected for this film, and I loved all the characters, really, um, even the disgusting ones, and and the least disgusting of all, Luigi. Now I have a question for the group. <laughs> Luigi is adorable, and then the the main character played by Yves Montan is named Mario. <sighs> Is this where and Luigi?
1: Luigi looks like Mario,
3: looks like (laughs) Mario.
1: yeah. Luigi looks like a like Mario, yeah.
3: Is this a tribute to the wages of fear? The entire (laughs) Donkey Kong universe, instead of
2: a truck full of TNT, you just have to save the princess and eat mushrooms.
3: Donkey Kong, he throws barrels of oil down at the, at at Ah, Mario, you know, there's, 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 there's pipes that he goes through and shit. It's like, you might have a
2: thing, you might have a thing here.
1: Bowser is America.
2: And Bowser was in Sha Na Na, which is a very American band. It all comes together. It's very full circle.
3: (laughs) I don't know. It's just a question. It's for a scholar, you know, to decide. Yes, yeah, so a scholar of the Mario-verse and uh, French cinema to figure out if this was somehow related or a tribute. But uh, just a question, you know. But, of course, I love the film. And, uh, and you know, if, if anything, the first half is tough because this is a stoner movie podcast. And being stoned is a little tricky with the first half of the movie because there's so much eye candy... Like, whoa, look at that person. Whoa, what's going on? And then you've got to read at the same time what's going on. I, I I did feel like I was missing something, you know, or like I was worried that I was missing something. I don't think I ultimately was. I think I got the, you know, the whole thing. And thank God for that gross pig American O'Brien guy for saying the plot of the film in English. You know? <laughs> Like the actual plot is explained in English by some Fred Flintstone fucking guy, you know? We'll just use these
0: tramps. We can't deal with the unions on yeah. this. There's yeah. all these tramps. Barney. But as the trucks go off the cliff.
3: Oh, God. There's such good suspense, man. I could see why Hitchcock was worried.
2: Yeah, and you can see, you know, if, so if you're a fan of shit like Green Room or Uncut Gyms or things like that, the yeah. Wages of Fear is right up your alley for sure. And I really, I think I smoked some of that White Thorn Rose uh, and it kept me pretty well. I think you want something, maybe take a beta blocker as well. <laughs> Try to keep your blood pressure down because <laughs> that last hour is stressful as fuck <laughs> in such a good way.
0: I saw it at a theater, and I kept, like, as, like, that on, when they're on that creaky, it's not even a bridge. There's a remake. William Friedkin remade this in the 70s, and it's it's Sorcerer. That's what the movie's called. It's not a fantasy film. Like, the truck, one of the trucks is called Sorcerer. And it's got, like, better, you know, the set pieces are crazier because they drive the trucks over a rope bridge. Where, oh, it, where in wages of, and it's 70s, and it just has that very real 70s look to it. People sweat in both movies. They're very sweaty in both films. Um, it's definitely got a sweatometer that's through the, you know, it, like it explodes. It's at the on the Cool Hand loop scale. Yeah, yeah. There is some sweat in these movies. The in in wages they go on that platform. Like they have to do a like a hairpin turn so they back up on mm-hmm. that rotten rotten wooden platform and that just right. yeah. yeah. Seeing that I saw that at Noir City. Like I looked it up and it was way back in 2014. And I'm like. God, I hope my wife can get through this. I hope Rosie can get through this platform scene because you're just kind of trapped in the dark Castro theater with it.
2: Um, <laughs> you can't get up and walk. Up. Can you pause it for a minute? I really have to fresh yeah. yeah. <laughs> air.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's just yeah. It 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 has you has you you know has you by the short hairs has you by the balls whatever whatever you want that movie just.
2: I always think that's the the mark of a good suspense film too because like you know um i, I rewatched uh gi joe uh, rise of cobra uh yesterday and because it's fun and the special effects are great but you know whenever they raise the stakes you're like oh my god i wonder if the hero's gonna win oh no they only have 10 seconds good luck everybody right I mean, you, you know you know it's a movie you know what's gonna happen but in wages of fear when they're on the bridge or making the hairpin turns or going through the swamp you're like oh don't kill them! Oh my God! Who are they going to kill next? Like, oh! <laughs> and you're like, I know it's a film. I know somebody's going to, you know, there's got to be a hero or whatever. And you're still like, oh, Jesus. Please. Please, I hope you make it.
0: And people could have died filming this because the shoot was as dangerous as what's in the movie. Like, they oh, blew man. up. You know, there's that scene with the rock. There's the big rock in the middle of the road and they have to I take the nitro. <laughs> I love that
1: scene. I love that scene so much. Ugh
0: they had to blow up a fucking rock with dynamite. And there's like, they were as worried about the avalanche happening as you, as the characters in the movie were. And uh, yeah. And I mean, uh, the, uh, Eve's Montand and Vanel also got poisoned from the oil scene and had health problems from that. And
2: they didn't have fake crude oil.
0: They did. They
2: (laughs) they, could use chocolate syrup. You learn nothing from Hitchcock.
0: (laughs) They, they used, they used, like, some kind of animal fat product. Oh, like, man. You know, they used some terrible, bee- like, it was gallons of beef tallow that probably made them wish that they used the oil right, instead. Right, blue dye numbers, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it was, right. yeah, it was... Special
2: uh, effects says we have to mix it with a little of asbestos to get the shadows <laughs> just right.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And... Through through the perspective of two dimensional film, they could they didn't have to back the truck back up as far as they did, but then whoever the driver yeah. was backed really backed it up to the very edge where they wanted to have you know a couple of yards in between or meters, you know, because they're like we don't need to back it up. And then like you know even Clouseau was like you guys backed up the truck way too fucking far, oh. <laughs> yeah. so that truck could have gone over because that that platform was like as fucked up as it was supposed to be in the film so this right. is a very very real film everybody made it back alive clouseau is an asshole by the way most people say he was a terrible terrible asshole to people as you can tell by what he does to his wife in the first half of the film
2: so apparently this is between kubrick and clouseau which is asshole director
0: yeah this could have been the asshole director the oh. too many takes uh, podcast
2: oh right Welcome to Dickhead Director Week here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's time once again for the TikTok report with Felina Franklin.
1: <laughs> I love that noise. We need that every time. Bob, that's your job now.
0: Okay. Um.
1: <laughs>
2: just don't even tick like
1: that anymore um yeah so i did find i found a couple of uh tiktoks for wages of fear i was surprised i was really surprised to find anything um but there is this one it has it's just a compilation of uh, clips of wages of fear (laughs) little brackets of text saying i love this film the amount of anxiety it produces is through the roof. Bro. It's so true. It is so true. And um, it's a long film, two and a half hours, but goes quickly, especially when they get in the truck, which is tr- also, again, true. Every obstacle is a nail biter. Plus, the so ending basically is. So- what we just said. <laughs> exactly, everything we just said. <laughs> Plus, the, except for it's uh, like 60 seconds. Plus, the ending is so... What's the joy in that?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Plus, the ending is so freaking crazy.
3: The ending is crazy. The it's ending is true. so wild. Well, not to get into the ending, but... Don't it is, get into it's it. It's absurd. Like, it, it, the ending is kind of absurd when it comes to the what happens. I mean, I'm sorry. It's, and yet it
2: makes so much sense.
1: I also... I Sorry, I do have one last thing to say. The trucks are so flimsy. Those things, if you really see it, like, in the last, you know. Yeah, you can really
3: see. You can, it, you really, can see. really
1: see how quickly they crumble. And <laughs> I would just was like, you can, there had to have been, a like, a, a better truck or a better way to do this.
2: A <laughs> oh, better way. You just carry it by
1: hand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
2: you don't have wheelbarrows? We'll be there in a month.
1: <laughs> what did
3: what did you say, Felina? Like they should fly it over.
1: Yeah, they could use pl- like have a little plane, <laughs> like, fly it. We had
2: helicopters in 1957,
0: right? 53. I know O'Brien doesn't want to waste the good trucks on the tramps. He's yes. like he's he's just not going to give them the good trucks. They know. Okay. They probably couldn't fly it in because there's a shit ton of smoke from the burning oil wells. They're going to deliver the oh, nitro to yeah. burning oil wells, so they'll have a runway. Yeah, yeah. It's...
2: And listen, who who are you going to talk into flying a fucking plane full of TNT? <laughs>
3: Just land it. Just the landing. Just land alone. it.
2: Can you land this plane full of TNT in the jungle? I hope you don't run into any turbulence. <laughs> I'll tell oh, you what. If, yeah, if, they...
3: if 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 I had to do this job, I would not be smoking cigars the entire time. You know, like they're just no. smoking cigarettes, throwing the matches out the window. Yeah, it's like uh guys.
2: <laughs> Let's have some situational awareness here.
0: You you can't get French people to stop smoking though. No. <laughs> uh, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Any anything else on the TikToks?
1: There there's this other video that says exactly the same thing. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. The French Hitchcock. I found another one. Edge of Your Seat Entertainment. It's an incredible character study study in the first hour and a lesson in suspense in the second hour. Where are the extra 30 minutes? There is an extra 30 (laughs) minutes that is unaccounted (laughs) for.
2: There's three hours of this?
1: No, it's an extra 30 minutes.
3: Uh, Yeah. It's two hours and 30
1: minutes long. It's a first hour... Is an amazing character study. Oh. <laughs> Second hour.
2: And yeah, that other thirty minutes is all yeah. racism and sexism.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Even the kids, even the children, are shitty because they tie all those roaches together at the beginning.
2: Right, right.
3: Oh, I know. And walking around naked, there's like little little yeah. child peen in the first thirty seconds of the movie. It's crazy.
0: Pod does that with the scorpion on an anthill with kids setting all the the bugs on fire in the beginning of the Wild yes. Bunch. So, you know, it's uh, that's his homage. Oh. Let's let's torture insects. Homage. Uh.
3: PETA was not formed yet at the making of this film. They even like spray a vulture with like water when it when the truck drives by in the first few minutes.
0: Oh yeah, remember
3: that? Yeah, that's right, dude fucking vulture
2: (laughs) you know we still face a lot of the same issues but we have come a long way
0: yes that's true that's true you you know make france great again you know (laughs) (laughs) all
2: right now we just picked up the marie le pen endorsement well done well done bob well done bob
0: Okay, uh, weed recommendations, Zungayo uh, You mentioned it earlier, but what weed Do you smoke to get you through Two and a half hours um, Of suspense And racism in Wages of Fear
2: This is definitely A coffee and indica sort of one ah. you're A little mellow But so, you know, have pick a nice Dark roast, I think, or maybe a medium roast And then uh, perhaps The hint of caramel and chocolate And uh, hazelnut cream or like and then, uh, now you know my order. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then a good cookies, I think, or a cake, an ice cream cake or a cookies for me. Something maybe skunky, uh, something that uh, smells a little weird, like an oil field maybe. Uh, but maybe <laughs> a, a good diesel, a good diesel cross so you can get that flavor of oil, you get that gassiness. Amazing.
3: Oh, that's a great That's a great well, idea. A like sour diesel a sour
2: diesel would be super clutch uh, right now actually
3: yeah that's fantastic I'm a big fan of the uh, coffee and weed uh, combo smart man speedball I, I, well yeah and, and you know I usually drink the Major Dickinson's blend oh.
2: uh, San Francisco style there you go that was my mom's favorite you rest in peace
3: I just, you know, after watching The Wages of Fear, I'm worried that Major Dickinson is some, like, atrocity-laden colonialist, you know? <laughs> like, I don't want
2: to... <laughs> are you new to coffee, Bob?
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 true. They, they all are. But what I smoked was... No um, ethical
2: consumption under capitalism.
3: That's man. very true. That's very true. Midnight Sunset, and it's an Indica-dominant hybrid. And really? that's what I smoked, and I think it's a good all arounder, you know. It uh, I had a great experience with it. There might have been some weeds that are superior, but uh, but
1: I had a good
2: time. I, I think that's a good choice.
0: And Felina, what what got you through to the uh, tension filled <laughs> last half of Wages of Fear? What
1: the first half. I did smoke cheetah piss. I smoked <laughs> I smoked cheetah piss. I smoked a joint cheetah piss and it just did not i was not having it this was not the movie for me i was not having a good time and then the second half started and i was like i'm not high anymore so i was puffing on the puffco. i just got this it's pink cookies mm. i just got this pink cookies and there you go it was awesome the second half was fucking If I had smoked this the whole time, I think I might have had a better experience. Weed to the rescue. Yeah, weed to the rescue. It really really fixed everything. Um, Just (laughs) being the second half and also just having it be pink cookies, I think it was just perfect. Anyway, don't smoke a sativa with this. (laughs) Do not. Because then don't really don't um i'm pretty sure this is like um indica i'm pretty sure this is an indica um it's great it was it was well, you, perfect. you
3: mentioned you mentioned cookies just just now in gaio the um yeah right yeah, is yeah. It the, pink same cookies one, just thing. like a is it the same family great minds.
2: yeah it's, it's it's a phenotype
1: well yeah, yeah. whatever it's it is it's better
2: i can't imagine smoking cat any sort of cat cactus variant while watching uh that's this suspenseful so yeah you did a good job
1: thank you, you. i would
2: have to look out i'd just be running down the street
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> the trucks are okay oh my god
2: i'm gonna go home I'm gonna do some gardening <laughs> oh doing, my god going tai chi way too fast <laughs> <laughs> trying to calm down.
0: <laughs> I, I'm afraid knowing the movie and having seen it a few times, I reverted back to my old ways and just drank this whistle pigs, uh, rye that I got for my, for Christmas. I'm like, I'm just drinking through this one. And <laughs>
2: it's not a bad choice. Actually. <laughs> no,
0: I'm just going to calm my nerves with this, with this really fancy rye. Thank you, Vernon Akaza for giving that to me for Christmas. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I was just like, I don't, know like nothing looked right in my jars of dispensary weeds so booze it was for wages of fear maybe maybe a nice maybe a nice scotch with with the right weed maybe you know uh, when you get to the second Uh, half i can
2: recommend if you can find i don't know if it's if, if it's available a few years ago there was a strain called chocolate hashberry and it, it's uh, just lightly chocolatey and slightly smoky. It mixes so well with the scotch or a whiskey. It's such a wow. gentle crossfade. It wasn't super popular, but it came in like 10th place at the Emerald Cup in maybe 2018, 2019. I was a big champion. It almost got lost in the pile uh, because it's not, you know, super big notes, right? right? So sometimes you can miss it. But I managed to like use a judges save to sneak it into the, the top the semifinalists, or whatever, and then when people had more space to enjoy it, they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is really a super nice, delicious pairs well with booze uh, sort of uh, uh, weed." Chocolate was- Ashbury. if you can find it. sticky Field used to make it, but I don't know if they still have any. Drink a
0: drink a good whiskey for the first half, and then start introducing the weed once you see the trucks <laughs> and find a good <laughs> weed to go with it, and that that'll get you right. through.
2: Sip a good whiskey, and then, yeah, and then maybe a nice indica and smooth out.
0: The movie's about nitroglycerin, so you need some nitro for this movie.
2: (laughs) Nitroglycerin and oil, so you want... Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yes. Wages of Fear is now streaming on Criterion Channel, HBO Max, and Canopy, a free streaming service available through public libraries. Ask your librarian about Canopy. And if you have HBO Max, please watch it there to bump up the numbers for classic films so they don't completely gut their catalog. Amen. So that about wraps up the season two premiere of Old Movies for Young Stoners. Ungayo, thank you so much for stopping by and recommending these two great... Tension-filled movies. Um, do you have any gigs or media appearances that you'd like to tell our Stone Cineasts about?
2: Of course I have gigs and media appearances. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on all the social medias, N-G-A-I-O on Twitter and Instagram, which is where I am the most on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Snapchat, but mostly just to lurk. Um, I also have a Facebook thing, but whatever. Who cares? I'll be at the punchline in Sacramento. Uh for the, for the drag queen show on January 22nd and then January 27th I'll be at the Crest Theater with Steph Tolov and Craig Conant and then January 29th I'm doing uh, my com- my monthly comedy showcase called Comedy Burger at the Starlight Room above Harlow's, and that's sponsored by the Embark Dispensary in Sacramento. Because we do the comedy show, we eat burgers, and then we all go out back and smoke a bunch of weed. Um, so that's where I will be for that. And then in March, I will be at the International Cannabis Business Conference in Barcelona.
0: Ooh! Wow. Just don't drive any trucks with nitro across. <laughs> I do the my pyramids. best.
2: I do <laughs> my best. <laughs> I do my best to avoid that sort of situation.
3: <laughs> Vince, I, mean, I have driven
2: true. five pounds from Humboldt, but I've never <laughs> driven a truck. <trial. laughs> of, you know, know your, know your risk and reward, bro. <laughs>
0: thanks again Ungayo and please jo- uh,
2: the all mine. I, I would love to come back anytime this is great and there's a bunch of movies you can watch
0: oh thanks thanks awesome. that's great yeah you know and please join us again in two or probably three weeks more like three weeks we're a three weekly podcast <laughs> we're the
2: occasional podcast yeah
0: yeah we can't quite get it together for two weeks um so so yeah yeah join us again sometime in the future for our psychedelic kaiju episode with war of the Gargantuas and Matango Fungus of Terror or as we call it here in America Attack of the Mushroom People Stick that in your pen and vape it right here on (laughs) Old Movies for Young Stoners Stoners